swept the technique. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. Hey, one in the books, two to go. Plenty more of the big shows we get rolling on for hour number two oh, of the Killer Bees good. on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 FM. My good friend Barry Laminek to my right, Brian McDonald in the glass and pushing all the dials. We are kicking it around, and now that we are finally done with the anticipation of what was at least an active NFL trade deadline for a change, Nick Casario does nothing. Nothing to speak of. No ads, no improvements, no subtractions, no chance to actually detract from what has been a very, very refreshing start to the season for the Houston Texans. Are you disappointed? Do you feel like they should have done something? Should they have done more? Curious your thoughts. No, I'm not disappointed. No, they shouldn't have done something, and no, they shouldn't have done more if it didn't make them better over their long-term plan. Obviously, this is a team uh, in the middle of a rebuild, and I think it's so easy for us as fans and even as, as, uh, as observers to forget that because of the start that they've had. I get it, they're three and four. They should have never lost that game this past weekend to Carolina. But that's going to happen with a team this young and inexperienced and a coaching staff at the same elk. And it's just, it's so forgivable because of who this team is right now. I'm I'm not even upset about it. What wouldn't make sense is if you go out and rush the rebuild way too soon, right? And I, I, I always use the Houston Astros as the the example of the way that a rebuild goes and should go, whether it be baseball, football, or basketball, because you could say the same thing about the Rockets. There comes a moment when you look at your team and you say, okay, this team has played together. This team has a ton of potential. Now's the time to go out and get savvy veterans that take you from being a good upstart team with a, with a bunch of plus side to a playoff contender like the Astros were in 2015, right? You could see them starting to creep towards that in 2014, 2015, they make the playoffs and the rest is history. And that's this, this it's way too early in the season for the tech in the rebuild for the Texans to be making the those big moves. thing that I kept saying is, and I didn't want to be the rain on the parade, but the only reason why we're having this conversation is because they did a whole lot more early in the season than anybody could have expected them to. And I was the first to admit, I only thought they were going to win four games for the whole season. Same. I thought it was going to be easy to take the under. I didn't think that they were going to do some of the things they did, like beat Jacksonville, like you know, beat the Steelers and the Saints and teams that I thought were more veteran-heavy that had more aspirations for this season. And let's season. be honest, they beat themselves versus the Falcons and the Panthers. I mean, this, very, Absolutely this should team have two more wins. could yes. very well be I won't say five should have. two. Yeah, they could have had two more wins. Yeah. But with that, I think that on draft day, you already tried to push the envelope to try and get better quicker with the move you made to get Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud. But, but because of coming off of that, I think you had to be more sensible in staying true to the outline that you had put out for yourself to how long this timetable is going to take for you to get back to relevance and beyond. So I think that it was fun and everybody had playoff aspirations after this start. And I said, look, the big thing that you got to be worried about is you see an easy schedule and you say, win, win, win. Okay. Tough game against the Browns, tough game against the Bengals, tough game against the, there's a couple of teams, the jets and a few others where you go, and, and, you know, and another one with the Jags coming up in the Colts. 
Okay, but the big thing is you're you're penciling in wins for all these quote unquote easy games, and you just dropped one of those surefire wins to Carolina. You do that one more time, and as good of a season as this has been, it's still not a failure, but it means your playoff aspirations take a massive hit to where it's probably not going to happen. I'm not even worried about this team making the playoffs. See, I'm not either. If this team makes the playoffs, that is found money to me. What I was worried about and what I wanted to see from the Houston Texans in year zero of the rebuild is, did they just ruin their future by doing what they did in the draft and hiring who they hired to run this organization uh, on the field? Yeah. And so far through a three and four start, I'm looking at this as a fan and as a, an observer thinking, oh, they've done it all right right now. I mean, yeah, you can question certain moves like, you know, who's going to do what or, you know, could they have added wide receiver depth? Sure, but you also kind of want to figure out, hey, let's see a whole year of this core. You know, Woods is not the long term, but the answer, is, right. is Collins going to be a solid two or a 1A? Is Tank the real deal? Like, let's see what we got here. You know what I mean? So, You've got a bunch of young guys, and, and, and really, I started thinking about it. Even the O-line has played so well, considering what everybody thought they would be with all the injuries. Yep. I'm well, just after like, giving what up would 11 you have added? In the first two weeks. Yeah. Who'd have, who'd have thought that against the Steelers, who have a, a massive pass rush, yeah. that you'd hold them without a sack? And and so now you look at that as well. Is this a team that's deep if they get their, their original OG starting O-line back? But, but then people are starting to nitpick the running game and, and, yeah. and, and nitpick Damian Pierce. Well, guess what? The bottom line is those are real-world problems for Super Bowl and playoff contending exactly. teams. The fact is you're still way above, way in front of the curve in terms yeah. of what you've been able to do, what you've been, what he, what Casario's been able to put together. And Total Dallas asked, hey, is Nick Casario on the hot seat or he's on the hot seat? I said, no, Absolutely bro, you know not. why? Because C.J. Stroud, the one pick aside Absolutely from everything not. else, yeah. cooled off his seat. And bought him some time. Yeah, I, I, and I agree with that. And really, if you look at, if you break apart the two sides of the ball for the Texans into units, right? Receiving core, running backs, O line. You you know you're not don't, not even discussing quarterback play, right? Same thing on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, D line, linebackers, and secondary. What would you have added um, that would have one made this team better? Um, and and. What would you have done where you wouldn't have said, hey, let's just see what these core groups can do over the course of a season? That way, going into next year, you know where you really need help. Because if you have just done some patchwork stuff, you don't know, right? Well, I, I, But if you get to the end of the season, you can look back and go, okay, we definitely need another inside linebacker and somebody to, to clog the question, middle. You know, It's just difficult because Jeremy and I have talked about this where you don't want the double whammy effect of having to give up draft capital and then give up a massive amount of money on top of that to make sure you keep the player. But what, to answer your question of what, what they could have done was they could have gone and got a young, up-and-coming wide receiver that becomes your wide receiver one. So T. Higgins could have been a guy you could have gone out and got. But are you willing to give up the draft capital now? I mean, that's probably costing you a first-round pick. Are you willing to do that? That's what I'm saying. No. It would have been the double whammy. No. Because you would have had to give up draft capital to get him. Three years from now, I And do. you're also going to have to give up massive amounts of money almost immediately yeah. in the offseason to and keep They're it. not and at that be, point And you'd be in a Laramie they're, Tunsil situation where yeah. you're trading a first for him and he doesn't have a contract They're the for next 2014 year. Astros at this point. You know what I mean? Like, they're not ready to bring in a Brian McCann and a Carlos Beltran and all these names and then sign Justin Verlander to make that run into the postseason. This is still, like I said, this is this is 
step zero of the right. rebuild. They're seven games in. See, that's where Mike Evans could have made sense because I don't think he would have been in the in the tier salary wise that Tyreek Hill and and some of these guys, Jamar Chase, guys are gonna that are gonna keep making. But Mike Evans has only got a couple years left too, so it yeah. wasn't gonna ha- it wasn't gonna you know. And, and the other thing is Tampa's in the playoff hunt right now because they could win the division, and because Baker's not completely peeing down his leg. They got a chance, and with more teams having a chance, less teams are re- willing to have that fire sale and say, I'm going to part ways with a guy that was, has been a huge part of our success in Tampa Bay. So you have to figure out who's available and then how much you're willing to pay. Because if you love T. Higgins, you ride out Robert Woods for the rest of this season, you go, I'll be in the market, and I'll, I'll be in the conversation to see what it takes to sign him long-term because he's young enough and good enough that he could add something to my team and my young quarterback. Yeah, and I haven't even looked to see who what all you know receivers are available next year um, on the free agent market, and and you know, and and again, I think a lot of these conversations are better served next year at this time at next year's trade deadline because then you've got a year and a half of this core group, this core team, and everybody kind of knows now. All right, here's who we can rely on that, through all these draft picks and acquisitions and everything else, and here's where we need to get better. We have a path forward now, but you kind of don't even know what some of these cats are going to be. I mean, can you really count on Nico Collins? It looks like it, but well, it's seven games. With bad quarterbacks for a couple of years, you thought that this was going to be possibly his last year with the Texans. With a good quarterback who's made yeah. all of his receivers better, there's a lot of people that believe Nico Collins could be a number one. Yeah. I don't think. I still think he's. A, I, I think he's a really good a number one. two. I don't think he's a one. But then, but, but again, it's just so many questions, right? Is Tank Dale can he stay healthy? And when he does, how dynamic is he? Is he? Is he? Uh, you know, is he? Is he the wish Tyreek Hill? Is he? You know, like you just you don't know any. You don't have any well, answer. The only they, answer you have right now is that C.J. Stroud is the guy. That's the even, only answer you have. Well, and your offensive team. line is pretty good. I don't even really think they yeah. know what their scheme is. Really. Loud, yeah. I, I don't think they really part all the way know like what guys fit what we want to do. Uh, I think they know that. I think D'Amico knows what he wants to do, especially on the defensive I, I side the, of the I'm, ball. No, I'm specifically oh, talking offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, Damian Pierce has just looked like a, a fish out of water with the way he's trying to run the power scheme and the zone scheme the Texans are trying to run. So, I don't know if they... Well, if and they, again, but we also know running backs are a dime a dozen. Yeah. And, and that is, you can get another I mean, one in the draft, right? The is, same way you got him in the third or fourth round, you can get another round, yeah. third or fourth round running back that could end up being the next Damian Pierce, but more more yeah. of a schematic, systematic fit. And he is struggling with the zone scheme and and how to read that. And he's not a you know he's a he's a he's a power back. Yeah, and and so it is an adjustment. And again, that's why you look at this and go, okay, can he can he do this for a year? Maybe he maybe it clicks in week seven or eight or nine. And all of a sudden now, Damian Pierce is unstoppable because he can run power and he can run in the zone scheme. And so, yeah, I, I'm i perfectly okay. And you know me. I would get on this microphone yeah. and I would lambaste this organization for not doing anything. But I'm so happy to be happy with this team. It I'm just fun. so it, good it's been fun. to be sitting here saying, no, I'm good, fam. Take your time. Yeah. Like, you know, this is I'm not miserable watching games. Man, you you young cats go learn the game, and you know the the cream will rise to the top, and they'll figure out where they can get better, and hopefully they do that in the draft and the trade deadline. And yeah, you were saying that about Stingley the other day. Uh, okay. All right, so we're going to continue to roll on. We continue to have this conversation. If you guys want to get in on it, well, join us, won't you? Let us know. Should Nick have done more? 
Was Quick Nick okay? Not pulling the trigger on any trades before the deadline. Is this Texans team good enough for this season so that the rebuild wasn't set off track by giving up something to get something before the deadline? 713-780-3776. You can call. You can text. You can tweet. You can hit us up on Twitch, and we'll continue to roll on. Before we go to the break, I do want to tell you about my good friend, Doc Linville. Doc Linville, the best in the business at the Neograph Procedure. Look. Doc's going to cut you a deal. Doc's going to take care of you because he wants people to get the neograft because he wants guys to get their hair back. He does a ton of plastic surgery. He's great at everything that he does. He does a ton in terms of women's plastic surgery and Botox and other things where his business is doing phenomenally well. But he, he's concerned about our listeners, and he wants guys to get their hair back. So, therefore, we created, along with Doc Linville, 975hair.com. When you go to 975hair.com, you can find out what the Neograft procedure is, and really I'll give you the cliff notes. It's getting your own hair back by taking hair in areas that you're never going to lose it, mainly the sides and the back, putting it where you need it most. Maybe it's that forehead that's become an eight head in front. Maybe you got the baboon's butt showing on the top of your head. You don't know how to cover it up except with the ball cap. Now there's a way to get rid of it for good, and it's not the sprays and the creams and the foams that just mask the problem. It's truly getting rid of it by getting your own hair where you need it most, improving your overall self-confidence by improving your appearance and having you feeling like your old self again. It's phenomenal. 975hair.com. Set up an appointment. Nothing on the dotted line. No money out of pocket. No obligation to you except for to get answers to your questions and see if you might be the next in line to get the Neograph procedure. I did it. I couldn't be happier with it. You could be next in line to see if it's right for you, too. Check them out today. Go to 975hair.com. ESPN 975.com. Iocane powder. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. Back, Killer Bees. Jeremy out for a couple of days. Joe joins me tomorrow, but today it's a usual suspect reunion yet again with myself and Barry Laminac. Hey. We miss you, Nick Sharara. Uh, always in our thoughts. And, of course, Brian McDonald behind the glass as we've had a spirited and fun first half of the show to this point, and we continue to roll on. The question is, is Nick Casario good in your mind as the general manager? Did he do enough at the trade deadline by not doing anything? Should he have done more? Are you good with where this team is enough to say, I'm not willing to mortgage any assets that could help me, as Barry was talking about, for the big picture going forward to try and go forward a little bit more this year? Because no one realistically thought this team was, I mean, there were some that thought they could compete for a playoff spot, but I thought realistically this and team was a year plus away from the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't even thinking playoffs. It was just a... I, I mean, I, I kid you not, Joel. Going into this season, I was just crossing my fingers and thinking, I hope C.J. Stroud doesn't suck. God, I hope he doesn't suck. I wasn't even worried about Will Anderson, totally to be honest, honest with Barry. you. I, I've been honest the entire time. I had serious doubts yep. about who he could be. Didn't didn't I, I didn't like it. I didn't like him. I didn't like Bryce Young. I didn't like any, you know, even Will Levis. We saw him come out and have a, a, a huge uh, first game mm-hmm. as a rookie and, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson has shown promise, and and if he can stay healthy, so. But I was just like, no, I really want them to wait till next year and get Caleb Williams. And now I'm like, whoa, wow, that may have they may all, all four of those teams that just drafted those four quarterbacks may have dodged a bullet. Yeah, who'd have thought that? Because he's looking like garbage right now. But who'd have thought oh, man, that looking at this quarterback class coming in, yeah, that you would have ended up talking about a majority of them 
being successful and yeah having good starts to their yeah. career yeah. yeah it's uh it's so yeah it's uh, to me the Texans are playing with nothing but foul money and I think you do have to give credit to Nick Casario for a lot of making a lot of the right moves and I also think that you know don't sleep on it D'Amico Ryan's being in that organization on draft day. Well, he's the loudest voice in the room now. Absolutely. And I think that I wasn't there the rumor that like Hannah McNair was like, hey, this is D'Amico's team going forward. So whatever he says, we're all going to do. Good. Whoever gets it's, the it's, credit, whether it's Nick or D'Amico or Hannah or who, Cal, I mean, even, I'll even make nice with Cal McNair at this point. I'm just me. happy. I'm happy. I've said over and over again with you and, and, and on this show, the, the Texans and the Rockets were mere images of each other mm. for multiple seasons. Yeah. And the one thing that you're seeing that relates to that, to your conversation and the point you just made is the same way Ime Adoka comes in and he is now the loudest, strongest voice in the room and it's his show is the same way D'Amico came in and righted the ship with everybody and said, there's a new sheriff in town and it's my call going forward along with working with Nick. Yeah. I think that's what both organizations needed and had to have. And in regards to the Texans, when you think about, well, where would you have gone and got something? What players were you looking for? Well, running back, we just said, you can use a fourth-round pick and get another running back. So why would you go out and trade for a running back unless you basically had to give up pennies on the dollar mm -hmm. to go get one? And even still, you have enough guys. I like what Boone showed in, in small doses last weekend. I think with Boone and Singletary, they fit the system. They could do what you need them to do to get through the rest of the year, and you don't have to give up any draft capital misspent and misappropriated right. just to get through this season. Yep. Receiver, you can go out and get T. Higgins in the offseason if you want to spend big dollars. There's going to be plenty of, of, of receivers in the draft just like there were a year ago. And, and receiver is one of the most misanalyzed positions mm. in the draft these days because guys drafted at the end of the first round, late in the first round, later than the first round, can be turn out to be just as effective as most of the guys taken above them. Look at Tank Dell. Look right. at some of the guys in the last couple of drafts to where you don't have to go out if you don't want to and suddenly be the next team to fall victim to paying a wide receiver massive amounts of money. Um, looking at the free agent list for receiver next year. You guys believe that that I think receiver and tight end, if, if you truly want to give CJ all the weapons. I mean, I'm good, though, with Dalton Schultz. But he's on a one-year deal. You okay. know he's probably playing yeah. for a long-term big money deal. And, and you probably give it to him. He can't block. Okay. But again, that's just like, uh, to me, a blocking tight end is going to be really low. On, on, I mean, you one, you're, you're a team that runs a fullback out there. So the fact is, if your tight ends can't block, yeah, how you kind of want the tight end staying in to block anyway. You kind of make up but for you it with want a fullback. guy that this can at a, least chip and block when he has but see, to. But if you still think can back, catch I mean, Kelsey what? never blocks. No, and and the thing is, remember, this is an offense that really, okay, but George Kittle does is a trickle down of the old Gary Kubiak style of offense, which you utilize your tight ends in short and intermediate passing game more than anything else. You have a fullback that stays in the block or is is a primary uh, quarterback protector as you and, and it's a zone running scheme that opens up basically just three crossing routes. Yeah, because uh, no one wasn't a, a, a pass no, blocker. But he, but he thrived in this but, kind but of Mark offense, Andrews and that's what it matters. And George Kittle, they, they're the best of both worlds. But those are they different kind of offenses, And they can though. block. You're tr that's true. I, I, I would Kittle's be... in an offense with like Debo and Ayuk where he doesn't have to be the leading receiver. Right. But ideally, Slowick wants to run the same offense that Shanahan runs. If he could find a George Kittle, he would love it, as opposed to a Dalton Schultz who doesn't block at all. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, of course, you'd rather have that, but... 
tight ends like Kittle who can block and catch at a high level are, are I mean, beyond rare at this at, Well, at this you age. know that there's one in the draft coming out, but you have to have a very high pick to probably get him in Bowers from Georgia. Right. Wow. But, but so, a year ago, you had four tight ends that came out that can all play the foot, play at a pretty high level. Yeah, Sam Laporta's look like a great pick, but the rest of them, you know, book, jury's out. Uh, I mean, Musgrave hasn't done a whole lot, but Jordan Love sucks. You the, don't know. Jordan Love sucks, and 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 Mus, Musgrave has, has also got hurt. He Lafleur, he's his, he's in his doghouse. He 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 has to learn a lot more about you know doing the learning the playbook and there doing are, things like that. There are a ton of uh, free agents. Coming up in 2024 uh, at the receiver position, it's it's just it's a crazy list. Well, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, uh, Kendrick Bourne, uh, DJ Shark, uh, Agnew, Miko um, Hardman is going to be available. You uh, only mentioned one wide receiver, one though, Nelson yep. Aguilar, uh, Marquise yeah, Brown, see. Calvin Ridley. But I'm just saying, there's a ton. of of free agents that are coming up. T. Higgins is on the list because this goes by current salary, not what they're going to get, like market value. But, yeah, there's... I think, though, that, Barry, the, the thing is, is going to be the quarterback's going to be like the second coming of cap hell quarterback situations, right? Where they always say, and if you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to get it with a quarterback in his first first deal before you got to pay him because you can use and allocate that money better uh, elsewhere until you got to overpay a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Receiver's going to be right there with him because if you start paying a wide receiver $27 million a year especially if you already have a franchise quarterback and he's on his second contract, it's going to be real tough to add the kind of guys in free agent that you're talking about that are out there. You better draft well and find a receiver in the draft that can help you immediately. Well, both T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are going to be free agents, and both, according to Track, their market value is $15 million each. Oh, wow. I thought, I, thought both of them, I thought T. Higgins would command a lot more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd give T. Higgins 15. Curtis Samuel's $9.6 million. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, no, you only mentioned one see. wide receiver or one there, and that was Mike Evans. I yeah. mean, I, I, Hollywood Brown, his, I like. You don't think, I don't T, think T. Higgins is? His market value is $23 million. Evans is, Evans is 30 years old, and he, he they're saying his market value is $23 million. See, that's too and much see, yeah, for a guy and, that's got a couple years left. I mean, yeah. if it's a two-year deal, though, and the, the, the guaranteed money is structured in a certain way. But you think he's looking to, to do you a solid no. on a two-year deal? No. He's going to try no, and get saying, at least I'm three. Not, I'm not even saying giving him a discount, though. I'm just saying if it's some sort of all the, short-term no, I'm saying deal he's where he's going to do a solid names, and take a two-year deal, when you know that because he's free and there's going to be demand for him, he's going to want at least if, three. If you can make the the guaranteed money, though, similar to what he would get over a longer-term deal and just guaranteed over two, that way you're not you know, hamstrung you could, for But you know who he years. is? He's Jose Abreu. So he's going to go get at least three years. <laughs> Saying that the terms would be a four-year, ninety-three million-dollar deal at twenty-three point four million a year for that's, Mike Evans. Yeah, that's so what the if market. He gets four. Yeah, you don't I, need to yeah, get into that. You don't that. need to get into that's what the that. market is. The, the, well, the, the spot track market value is saying. So yeah, yeah I think that's I too mean, much. That's too high. Uh, but there, are, there are some options. You know, there's, there's quite a bit that you could add. Tight end um, and receiver, I think, are the two main positions they got to start looking at more because you got to give. Uh, CJ, all the weapons you possibly can. But we'll continue the conversation. If there's more you want to get into, 713-780-3776. If, if there's position groups that you think that they should concentrate on more, then you should let us know that as well. And we'll continue that dialogue as well as Nick Casario. And, of course, we've got some feedback on our Bad Take Boulevard, Barry Laminac, Candy Corn Love, which is ridiculous. And Russ, favorite Halloween if I end candy. up on... Bad Take Boulevard Again, for that. you mean? Again? You yeah. Mean? If I end up on Bad Take Boulevard for saying that candy corn isn't gross, I, I'm I'm moving out of the block. I'm moving. 
I'm gonna I burn the whole block down. You don't get to move what. if you own no. a mansion on Bad Take Boulevard. I'll, I'll burn the whole block down. Let's go. I'm gonna riot on Bad Take Boulevard. I'm well, burning you'll all go the to shops prison, down. Well, all you're gonna get is candy corn and water. <laughs> okay. All right. We've got. Uh, hey, look at this, Barry. What? We've got 90 in the books what? and 90 still to go. Let's go. We still got half of the big show. Yeah, it's all man. coming up next. But before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the Hollingsworth Law Firm. Because the Hollingsworth Law Firm is the best in the business at handling your situation when you're in a car wreck. We know that lawyers get into specifics. Some lawyers just say they're good at everything. But the true best in their profession really focus on one area of the law, and they do it better than anybody else. And that's what Steve Hollingsworth and his Hollingsworth Law Firm does in terms of car wrecks and getting you the everything that you deserve, especially when you were not in the wrong. When there's the other driver is at fault, when the other driver caused you significant damage, whether it be to your car or your body or the fact that you couldn't work and you had a lot of pain and suffering, Steve Hollingsworth and the Hollingsworth Law Firm is going to take care of you. And the first way that they do that is you don't pay Unless you win. That means you've got someone instantly in your corner and they're not going to do billable hours. And every time you talk to them on the phone or meet with them, it's going to cost you more and more. And you don't know if you're going to get anything out of it. Nope. You only pay Steve Hollingsworth and the Hollingsworth law firm when you win your case. And he is going to win your case more times than not. He's going to take on the insurance company. He's going to take on the driver at fault. He's going to make sure between lawsuits and getting what you deserve from the insurance company, you get everything you need to take care of your medical bills, to make sure that you don't get anything but being paid for your time, pain, and suffering, and also that your vehicle is back to where it was before the damage was done. That's why he takes care of you every step of the way. That's why he's the best in the business at doing what he does. CarWreckTexas.com. That's why he does the, the website, CarWreckTexas.com, because his number one priority are car wrecks and helping you what you have to go through when you get in a car crash. Also, you can call him, 713-999-8773. That's 713-999-8773. You don't pay until you win. They have free consultations going on. My buddy got, I hooked him up with the Hollingsworth Law Firm. He needed someone bilingual. They had that too. They made sure that he got through his auto uh, auto accident and he got taken care of every step of the way. He can do it for you too. Check him out today. Go to carwrecktexas.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Planted Unicorn Hay. Give it up for feathers. Ooh, Cadillac and Tom Cruise. Prepare for overreaction on my mark. It's that time of the week. Where overreactions are not only welcome, they're celebrated. They say Muhammad Ali was the greatest of all time, but he never fought Cassius Clay. It's Cashem or Trashem with the Killer Bees. This is your hot take. Hmm. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. All right, you know how we do it on Cashem or Trash, and all three of us will propose at least one, if not two. Up for discussion, cash it or trash it. I see you have your stick in your hand. Oh wow! You ready to be walking out here tall or spreading rumors? I mean, do you, not, do you not have? Do you not Dad have? Your, did, it. <laughs> you had your wood in your hand. Did you put it down? Stop it, fellas! You're making it sound like I'm gross, and it's true. Hey, but I don't grip, need people you're to know that. the wood pretty tight there. I don't know. Yeah, you yeah, it's all in the grip. You know that you're not getting me in trouble. No, sir. I'm not going there. Not doing it. You saved me two weeks ago, and now twice. you're throwing me. Did he, though? Because I was listening. <laughs> he did well, his best. I, I dumped him twice. Yeah. 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 Dang it. Okay. Wasn't that Wizenator re- revolved around? Yeah. Yeah. I asked. I was like, can you say a certain part of the body? And he was like, nope. And then he dumped it. Saved me. BMAC, I've lived that world. 
for an extended was, period of time. I was time. that guy where instead of asking off air, I would just ask on air, hey, can I say? And then Nick would go, no. It's just easier that and way. And then I'd work with somebody else for a day. <laughs> <laughs> and it was okay. Uh, All right, so as Jeremy normally says age before beauty, I'll say rage before beauty. Uh, what do you got, Lamina? I'm the angry one? That's Sometimes. ridiculous. All right. Um, well, this you can is... bring the hammer out if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> the eye. Uh, this is probably going to throw you for a loop a little bit. You probably, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit different. I think I understand the premise of the game. The premise of the game. So I'm going to say, cash it or trash it, Texas Longhorns finished outside of the top ten. Hmm. Ah? What, are they, what are they now? Seven? Seven. seven? Yeah. Oh, See, you just lost and fell four? Who, We're who, heading who's, to a, So who's a, their next loss then? Because obviously they'd have to lose another game. I, I, sure. I think I don't Big think they're going to title. Yeah, it's going to be the Big Twelve title game again. It they could put, be Kansas State. Oklahoma. They they're got gonna, Kansas gonna State next week. If they were, yeah. if they, if they won out and then lost to Oklahoma in a Big Twelve title rematch, would you think that would knock them out of the top ten? Yeah. Two well, losses because then they'd have Listen. two lo- two losses to Oklahoma, right? Yeah, they they beat a really bad BYU team, but yeah, BYU uh, but you were just in playing. Yeah. yeah, I that's what I'm saying. I get that. And how long is he out for? He's week to week is what Sark said, okay. which good luck well, figuring out what that means. Yeah, they got Kansas State coming up, 25th ranked Kansas State. Who I'm not just saying, put a yeah. whooping on U of A. And I can say that with Jeremy. TCU, you, they're not good this year, but they're always one of those teams that could sneak up on you, especially if Texas is a team that takes it too lightly. So there you go. And and they got I'll, to play o, OU for the Big 12 title, which if they lose that game, they're out. So I'll, they, cash I'll cash it. Cash it, I think it, Texas baby. is going to fall out of the – I'll cash the fact Bring that it up. Yep, that they're going to fall out of the top ten between now and when the playoffs start. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trash it. Trash. Uh, I, I – I just don't see the losses on their schedule. I mean, other than Oklahoma, I, I just twice. I mean, yeah, the, Oklahoma, the, the only game left on the on the schedule that I see is they can't win it, or not that they can't win it, but that is going to be cl- like a pick 'em uh, sort of game is Oklahoma, and I don't think that's but enough to knock them out of the top State ten. Now. I'm not sleeping on them, but it's, assuming that the Texas isn't playing a backup quarterback, but we've be seen many op- many times when Texas had the more talented roster, but did they win the game? I know, but now see, see, that's where I take a little issue though, because we're talking about stereotypes of Texas going back to what, like 2012. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that Texas is back. I'm not trying to make that argument. I mean, bro, but, they lost to Tech last year, right? But it's it's as a year ago, not not 2012, same coach. 2022, same coach. Pretty much same team. I mean, they didn't have Arch Manning. Talking, and which, why he's not playing, I don't know. But whatever. Maybe, maybe he's not yeah. that good. Yet. Last year they lost to Bama, Tech, and Oak State, well, who was 11 at the time. Oh, argument. and my bad, and TCU. Uh, I'm not uh, trying TCU to say they're world beaters, but I, I, I think we're, it seems like at times we base the takes <laughs> upon what happened you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, instead of what's happening right now. Okay. Okay. All right. I got one for you, boys. Okay. The Houston Astros will trade one of their starting position players before the start of spring training. Um, you want to pick one? Yeah, I was going to say. Well, it, I was going to say, and we'll get into this because that's I, pretty vague. I'm going to cash it if so. They if will you, trade one of their top six players in the lineup before spring training. Okay, so that's a little bit different. So that's Bregman, Altuve, Jordan, Tucker. So you're basically Abreu. Yeah, you're taking out who? You're taking out uh, Pena, and who else? I think the easy one is easy thing to do is center field. 
We'll take out the center fielders. Yeah. We'll take out Dubon. One of those we'll take cats out Chaz. We'll traded. take out Myers. I'm cashing. We'll take out Maldi. Yeah. Well, Maldi might not even be here. Right. Yeah, he's free agent. I'll, I'll I'll say, agent. Uh, Top six I'll, players. They'll trade one of them before the start of spring training. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So who's the sixth? It'll be, uh, we'll be Altuve, it would, it, Bregman, Jordan. Yeah. Everybody but Tucker, Maldi, and the Abreu. Abreu's five, yeah. Pena, Maldi, three center fielders are out. Although I think Pena could be in some discussion. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna trash it. You trash it. They're yeah. gonna stay stand. I I think that I well I think I think they're trading one of those center fielders. Yeah, I, I think I, that I they're trading. That. If you can find the right, if yeah. You get something if back if you could get something for Chaz, like if you can get an upgrade to replace Uncle Mike, if you could get an upgrade at catcher, you know what I mean? But you got Yiner. You don't need an upgrade at catcher. Oh, you're not a Bro. Yiner guy. Come on. Um, did you guys watch the playoff? Did you? I mean, the I realized that it was October and it wasn't Halloween yet, but he wore his John Singleton costume oh, the entire postseason. That's what, the playoff for the first time. entire postseason. Did you see his numbers mirror Atley Rushman's all year? Don't and care. Play less games. Don't care. Did you see his numbers against righties? As a rookie. No thanks. His numbers against righties wow. were great. Was it oh, lefties? Lefties. lefties. Yeah. Hit. My bad. Got Are you going to rent one out too? Huh? You're going to have the house on bad take and rent the other one out? I feel like this I'm not is saying, a take listen, that's going to wind up on bad take I'm not Boulevard. saying Yiner's not good. Uh, uh, I'm just saying, like, he's not. As Everyone was like, he's oh, expendable. I would say he's one of the guys that you can't afford to trade. <sighs> Got him under uh, a club control for quite a while. Uh, a yeah. catcher with 30 home run pops? Yeah. You can't move him. I mean, if you could, you're telling me if you couldn't, if you could move Chaz and Yiner and get. I don't know. One of the best at either center field or catcher. Well, tell I'm me doing who it's, that. You got to tell me what for. I'm just saying those are the those those are the positions. Would you trade not Chaz trading. and Yiner for Cedric Mullins? No, no. I'm asking Barry because he's got the hot take here. I probably no, no. It would have to be like a JT Romuto type of dude. But I'm just saying, those are the guys that are that are on. How old is Romuto though? But those He's are old, the yeah. guys. What I'm saying is, those are the guys that could be traded. You're not trading Jordan and Tucker in the outfield, all right? You're not trading anybody on the infield, not named well, Yiner Diaz. You'd like to trade a break. Oh well, you're but you're not though because again, you've got Bagwell in the ear of the owner, right? You've got the GM who's neutered. and they love Abreu, and he stepped up big in the postseason, and yeah. Yiner did the opposite. So when they needed him the most, the guy that they looked at all year, they could I mean, Maldi was better in the postseason than Yiner. And Abreu stepped up big and got this team along with Jordan through the division series. I just, if you're going to move anybody, and again, I'm not coming into this conversation with the take of, hey, they got to trade Yiner, but that was the question. And I'm saying if it happens, it's going to be down the middle. It's going to be center field or catcher where they move somebody. Be back. I mean, I'm trashing it. I mean, but are we moving on to my my uh, first one then? Well, I, I needed your response first. Yeah, yeah, that, no, I, I, then... I'm definitely trashing it. Okay. Now it is your turn. Sorry, let me silence this phone as someone's calling in. Just can't keep the people away. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. This this is, there we go. This Sorry. Is yeah, well, it's either that or have the phone ringing in this the is background. Like, this is like when I call my wife and then she's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. What are you doing? She's like, nothing. Silence. You're just going to sit there now? Oh, I mean, you're just. I, I go through the same thing. You're I'm, not alone. I mean, I'm driving to Chicago. I've gone through three states. You haven't said a word. Like, what? why am I on the phone with you? Well, yeah, I'll let just... you go and we'll catch it later. Why? Yeah. I could be listening I to Taylor Swift's yeah. re release of 1989 right now. That's stupid. 
there's another bad take. Go ahead, BMAC. What do you got? Uh, my take is that uh, uh, Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick is holding C.J. Stroud uh, back at this point. And, look, I know there's some restrictions that he's been dealing with, with, you know, an injured offensive line. Uh, Damian Pierce isn't fitting into the system, like, lesser than wide receivers. But I, I'm going to point to the first down, second down, like the early pass uh, rate. And the Texans have the second lowest early down pass rate in the NFL, only above the Arizona Cardinals. And you look at the teams who are up high on this, leading the league in early down pass rate. You've got the Chiefs winner, Eagles winner, the Dolphins winning, Buffalo winning. That's what teams do in 2023. They pass in early downs when it's harder to diagnose exactly what the team is going to do. Try to keep yourself out of predictable situations. When you got Damian Pierce out there averaging what, 3.1 yards per carry? In most situations, you run the ball, you're in second and eight. You kind of put yourself in predictable situations. The reverse of that, you look at the bottom teams in the league in, in pass rate and early downs. You got the Colts, bad team, Falcons, four and four. Browns aren't a great offense. Giants are a terrible offense. And again, I mentioned the Texans and the Cardinals. So Bobby Slokes really got to re- flip the script on this early down uh, pass run rate. I'm going to cash it because the one thing that I think you could understand early on is that they didn't know what Stroud was going to be and how quickly he could be that, no matter what he showed during camp. But what he showed in the first couple of weeks showed you enough to know that as much as you were hell-bent in saying that you were going to be a running football team that ran the football, what works for you is the passing game because you got a real quarterback. And I think that he's got to adapt. He's got to change up the same way he does week-to-week based on who you're playing. I think he has to, as an organization, as a football team, they have to change the philosophy of their offense to be more pass-oriented because of how good this kid has been. So I will cash it. Uh, I'm going to trash it. Trash. Uh, this First first of all, uh, I don't know where, what stat or where you were getting that from, but I'm looking at uh, teamrankings.com, and they have the, the Texans' second uh, NFL team passing first down percentage at 66.17%. Hey, this is uh, this is uh, uh, completion percentage? Are you talking about completion rate no, on first is, down? No, this is pass rate on early downs when the game is close. And so so you're, first you're, you down, might be looking at something. No, NFL team passing first down percentage, number two on the list, Houston Texans yeah, but that, in 2023. Early, early down pass rate is not just first down. It's first in, second down. And it has also, the again, the caveat of when the game is close. Okay, so so... But on first down, they're passing 66% of the time. And I also think if we're going to lump in uh, early downs, first and second, this is a team that can't run the football. So as a defense, you don't have to respect that on first and second down when a lot of teams are trying to establish and get a three, four, five-yard gain on on first down to stay on schedule of getting first downs. So if I don't have to respect, respect Damian Pierce in the Texans' run game, I can gear up for the pass a little bit more, especially in early downs. So I think that may have something to do with it. I don't think that necessarily has anything to do with uh, slowing. I, I think that he's, in fact, I think he has been um, surprisingly open to adjusting his his play calling week to week based on the previous week and and what they were able to or not able to accomplish. So I, I think he's doing. I think he's doing great. He's not the best OC in the game. But I think he's learning as he goes, and he's adjusting as he sees fit, and I, I like it. Well, it was a good-spirited discussion, and uh, that is Cash It or Trash It for this week. 
Back with it again next week on a Tuesday, as you all know. But we got plenty more to get to on the show. So we'll continue to roll on. Uh, don't go anywhere. It is Barry. It is Brian. It is myself. Uh, we are the Killer Bees, and we will continue to flow all the way up until 6 p.m. You want to reach the show, 713-780-3776. Call, text, hit us up on Twitch, or hit us up on Twitter. And before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health, because Dr. O and his staff do a phenomenal job. Doc ends up being a great friend of mine because of the fact that we developed the relationship after I started going to Apollo Men's Health. And I realized that they could help me feel better on a daily basis. As you start to get older, you start to not be able to do all the things that you used to be able to do really well. And you wonder if you can ever get it back. You run out of energy on a daily basis. You're not getting the same amount of things done and you're not as effective as you once were. And that's where Apollo Men's Health can come in. For both men and women, they have all the different ways that they can get more energy back for you on a daily basis. It's everything from a B12 shot like I get every week to all the different ways they can administer hormone therapy or you can administer it yourself at home and reap the benefits on a daily basis. You want to get in the gym more? Well, they can help you with your workouts by setting it up so that you can do a body composition analysis and then every so often do another one so you can chart your numbers to see when your body fat's going down, when your muscle mass is going up, when all the important numbers start making sense. That's what you need to know. Recover quicker, HGH peptide therapy. And now they also have FDA-approved semi-glutide available where you can lose up to six pounds every week without ever having to go into the gym that's just another way that they can help you. Three locations to better serve you, two near downtown Houston. Check them out today. Go to ApolloMH.com. See all the services they offer. If you see a few that could interest you, sign up right there online for your first appointment. When you do, you'll find out most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel and first responders. And if you mention my name, Joel Blank, free B12 shot or a body composition analysis on your first official visit. Check them out today. Tell them I sent you by. Go see the people at Apollo Men's Health. ESPN 975.com on the Chase Long. I've got a Chase Long in my dressing room and a pack of warm beer that we can consume. You're back where you belong in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. All right, final segment of hour number two as we continue to roll on. Interesting conversation because I have had this conversation with Joe and Jeremy, but I always like to be a man of the people and get you guys involved in this as well. Barry, I know you are a baseball aficionado. I forgot how you can be a numbers geek until that last segment. Um, I I got the Googles. I'll use it. And then I enjoyed the fact that for once I wasn't in the crosshairs in a heated discussion that turns into Did an argument. Did we get heated? I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was. I said for yeah. once it was a. Believe me, mine get heated. Oh, do yeah. they? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, just because if I, we disagree doesn't mean, you know, I mean, just because he's dumb. I mean, just because he gonna... gives horrible opinions doesn't mean I, I yeah. can get mad at the guy. And just because he throws out made-up stats, I'm not, I don't <laughs> care that he's that dumb. Just but... because he pees on himself while driving on the road doesn't mean I can kind of make it personal. I mean, yeah. it it's You know what? It's whatever it, it takes to, to get through every day. <laughs> That's it. That's and we it. all have our own methods. Now, with that methodology, we were talking about it, it, the chances when we were doing cash or trash it, the chances that maybe the Astros are going to, or maybe some people think they have to make a move to stay competitive in this golden era of Astros baseball. But the bigger, more pressing issue before they even get to what players are going to be here and who they might be able to add is going to be who's going to manage this team. Mm. And I was driving home last night, and I heard PC and Joe having a discussion 
about the fact that PC thinks that there's only two people that should be considered for this job. Okay. He said it was Joe Espada, and he said it was longtime Braves bench coach Walt Weiss. I, I've I heard would, that. I would disagree that it's only those two guys. Totally agree with you. Now, we heard that Ron Washington, the one-time manager of the Rangers and now the third-base coach for the Braves, and obviously with Dana Brown's association with the Braves, people are going to throw a lot of Braves-type uh, personnel into the mix for this managerial job. I'm not a Ron Washington guy, per se, mm-hmm. but it would make some sense if Dana has a good relationship with him that he might throw him into the mix, much like a Bagwell might throw an Osmus into the mix. <sighs> yeah. I've heard AJ I Hinch. Video I wanted AJ Hinch. I think AJ Hinch would be right to never come back to happen. this team. It's just never going to happen, though. I mean, we can all agree on that, right? I don't think it's never going to happen. And I think mm. I said that after his suspension, much like what happened with Cora with the Red Sox, I think there was going to come a day because the relationship is still very strong between Jim Crane and AJ Hinch that AJ Hinch could return to this team and manage this team again. Okay, but. I, the bigger conversation is here because then you guys can throw out whoever you think might or should be warranted into the mix. I think it's more than a two t- two guy race. Absolutely agree. I agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah I also I- think Omar Lopez should not be overlooked as a guy that, if they're for one reason or another, and I've heard some rumblings that Espada had maybe not been the guy for everybody and maybe was doing some things to where they were like, eh, he's playing both sides of the fence with ownership, management, and Dusty. I think that's why it may be not just one guy out of the clubhouse that existed from last year that could be in the mix, but I think that this is more like four or five guys that could be in the final running. But, I mean, I get that the, you know, Joe Espada is a guy internal to the organization. He understands the ins and outs of the Astros. Does that necessarily make him the right choice? Does, well, what do we know about him is that, that, that other than the fact that – and. I mean, he's been in the organization. He's seen kind of the, the how a winning organization is run. And But does that make him just default heir to the throne? Is he that See, good? See, here's where I would Do say we that know? there's two ways to look at this, and I threw this out with the guys the other day. It's one of two things. My first question, if I don't want Joe Espada, is if Joe Espada is the right guy for this job, why didn't he get offered another job between all these interviews he's had and now to where he wasn't already managing somebody else because his resume says he should. And on the flip side of that, the, the devil's advocate side is, well, Jim Crane has a handshake deal with Joe Espada that if and when Dusty leaves, the job in waiting is, is going to be Joe's, so you don't need a job with somebody else. I don't know where you guys fall on that, but those are the two schools of thought I would think about Joe Espada. Yeah, I think a lot of people think Joe Espada should maybe get a shot as a manager, if not for the Astros, for somebody else. But I just think there's a lot of options, and I actually had tweeted this out uh, last week. What? I didn't know. And um, it was when Dusty announced his retirement, and I, I'll read you my list okay. of who I think the Astros should go after in order of preference. Craig Council. He's going to be the Mets. Huh? He's going to be the next you manager think? of the New York Mets. You think? Yeah. You, you don't think there's any chance that he comes to use? Less than 5%. Okay. So my first choice was Craig Council. My second choice, Craig Council. My third choice? Craig Council. Craig Council. Dude, that that's like I don't understand why this name why if if why aren't the Astros He's not that great. Make, I, I've watched him up close mm, and personal. I don't know. Now I know the one one thing that in his favor is that he's had to do it in a market that does not <laughs> want to spend money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like it's like being great in Tampa. 
If you but can be great in Tampa, you're really good at what you operations do. That he has worked hand in hand with it for years in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. That they had a great relationship by, and New York's going to throw silly money at him because sure. you know Cohen is going to spare no expense to make sure with all the money he spent on the roster that they're going to get a manager and not lose out to anybody. But all that money he spent, he traded a lot of it away. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he and, still and, has Lindor, and he still yeah, has the polar absolutely. bear. Absolutely, and, 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 and the Astros made it to another ALCS. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this this is a very sexy job to have, and I think that the better managers the in the game. Bear, who's going to pay him more? Uh, I, I mean, I think the Mets would. I think they have the. I, but I scared money don't make money, and Crane has proven in the past that he will spend some money as necessary. It may not be smart money. But I think if he believes in Craig Council and he thinks that Craig Council is the choice, I think he would at least get in a bidding war with the Mets. Is there no whoever. shine that came off of Craig Council for getting swept out of the playoffs by the Diamondbacks? No. I mean, his overall postseason record, no. I looked it up, is 7-12. and 12. I Yeah, mean, the Diamondbacks that did it to everybody this year. The, is there any yeah, shine off yeah, of the Dodgers? He's also saying the okay, take, Council comes up small and big. big in take, big out the, take out the two games against the Diamondbacks. His, his postseason record seven and 7-10. Yeah, and you know who couldn't win in the postseason? Dusty Baker. Uh, no, hold on. Dusty Baker was... He, he never was, won a World Series. That was the knock on him. Well, the man oh, can't that's, win that's the That's a big, different conversation. He was winning games in the postseason. He wasn't winning the ultimate, but he was winning games in the postseason. But there's plenty of managers that can't win in the postseason until they do. And when you're on a team who doesn't have a rotation, a good starting rotation, it's a bunch of openers and a great bullpen, and you got you know a couple of you're not seven deep in the lineup. They you're had, not going to win in the postseason. They had the twenty. They had the, uh, the Corbin Burns won the Cy Young in 2022. No, uh, okay, like I mean, but they, I mean they didn't have no rotation. Brandon when Woodruff you're going, was good. Uh, here's the thing. Good, yeah. No, I get it. But they also do a lot of that small market mentality. Types of Barry, things think about with this. their organization. When I mentioned John Stearns and the fact that he's the president of baseball operations now with the Mets and he worked mm-hmm. with council mm-hmm. with Milwaukee, the fact is, you know what you know. You know a guy that you've worked well with, that sure. you've had success with, that you're going to an owner that's going to spend a ton of money, so you're probably going to get overpaid, and you're going to have a good working relationship with management. When you come here, you know you don't know how much control Dana has, but you certainly know that Jim Crane's going to meddle that Jim Crane's going to be in the middle of it. Bagwell's going to have a say, and you've seen that happen already. And you're going to have to start wondering, well, who am I answering to? How many guys do I have to get through to get what I need done and do what I need to do? And it just seems like it's all muddled up in Houston as opposed to I can go to New York, I can get a massive amount of money, I can get, I'm working with a guy, I know exactly who he is, and I don't have to deal with all the BS. Oh, there's plenty of BS in New York. Don't get it twisted. There's plenty in New York that you have to deal with um, expectations and media. And just quite frankly, that's a team that has a ton of money. But, I mean, they're the Clippers. You know what I mean? They spend all the money. They get no results out of that in the post. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to continue this conversation. If you guys want to get in on it, the only name on my list. Okay, well, this is the first three. Yeah. So uh, we'll get the rest of Barry's list. There's two left. I know there's a ton of anticipation that one will not be Craig Council. (laughs) I think four is Schmeg Schmounsel. Yeah, and 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 there's plenty of more opportunities for you to get in. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. You can call. You can text. Hit us up on Twitch or Twitter. It's Barry. It's Brian. It's Joel. It's the Killer Bees on a Tuesday on ESPN ninety seven five and nine two five FM. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, right where you belong. You're the only one left of the Wayne family. This is where you belong. Welcome home.